Welcome to It's All About Jesus, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Eagle. You are listening to a Sunday morning message by Pastor Mike Sasso. If you would like to join us for church, we meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle, Idaho. You may also join us live streaming at that time. Go to cceagle.org at 10 a.m. to watch the whole service live. If you can't join us then, you can always go back and watch the video. Let's listen in to today's message. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. One more thing I've got to mention that kind of struck me as I'm going through. We will cover 10 verses, I promise you. But, but I'm moving slow at first. Then I'm, once I get going, just look out once I get going. Okay. But one, one more thing that struck me is, as for the Old Testament folks, uh, they were just getting shadows of, of what was to come. And we get the real thing. We get Jesus Christ. But in, an, in, in another way, those of us who know the Lord and we study the New Testament, we are still only getting shadows of what we're going to see in heaven. You're thinking, no, oh, what do you mean? We, we got the real deal. We got the Bible. We, got, we do. But listen to what Paul says, 1 Corinthians 13, 12. I know you've heard this before. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now, I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. So we think, oh, those poor Old Testament people, they just had a shadow of what we got. Wait till you see the real thing in person. Because we're just looking at dim images and shadows and we can read about it. You ever read about something and study it and then all of a sudden you sh- you're there and it's, it's so much more than you ever imagined? I've told you heaven's going to be like that. I've told you nobody's going to be sub- disappointed in heaven. Nobody's going to complain in heaven. The people who died young are going to say, why did I die so young? They're just going to be saying, yippee! The people who had terrible diseases and, you know, tortured or terrible deaths, they're not going to say, why did you let me die like this? Why, God? They're just going to be going, yahoo! Heaven is going to wipe away every tear and it's going to make it all worth it. Right now, you just, you just got an inkling of what's coming for you. I, I told you before, many times I feel like the Lord, when I worry about things, when I'm upset about things and dealing with drama in life, many times I feel like the Lord is saying to me, Oh, Mike, if you only saw what's coming, you'd be giggling like a little schoolgirl right now. I think that's true. God help us. Help us to keep the right perspective. You want to try to get off verse 1? All right, let's start with verse 1. I'll read to verse 2. How about that? For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things could never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. For then they would not have ceased to be, oh excuse me, for then would they not have ceased to be offered? For worshipers once purified would have had no consciousness of sins. I mean once they're cleansed, they're cleansed, right? Now it took me a while to get this because honestly even as a pastor I've been a Christian a while, I'm reading this I'm going, no, I mean don't you still feel 
the consciousness of sin, even as Christians? Well, there's nobody who feels the consciousness of sin more than us because we've got the Holy Spirit. When we sin, we're convicted. We are more sensitive to sin, I think, than anybody else around because we've got the Holy Spirit and he doesn't let us get away with things, right? So it's not talking like that, but here's the thing. The Jews didn't only sacrifice when they sinned. They didn't just, oh, I sinned bad yesterday. I got to go to the temple and make a sacrifice. It wasn't like that because for us, when I sin, I confess my sins. I don't know if you do. I hope you do. You blow it and you go, oh, Lord, forgive me. Help me not to do that again. I repent. Washed in the blood. You know, it's nice. I like the process. But for the Jews, it wasn't like it is for us. It was morning and evening sacrifices. It was holy high days sacrifices. There was constant sacrifices. Matter of fact, if you watch, if you followed the average priest in his daily duties, he was more like a butcher than a priest. He was always killing animals. It was a, it was a slaughterhouse, what the temple was. And so, uh, and Passover, oh my goodness, on Passover, that once a year uh, sacrificing for the sins of the people, there were the, the thousands of, of bulls and goats and, and lambs were sacrificed to the point that they had to build channels from the temple area down to the Kidron book, book, brook, the Kidron brook. They had channels carved in so that when they would sacrifice animals, the blood had some place to go. And there was such a flow of blood on the, on the Passover day that it turned the book, Brook Kadron, bloody red. They're butchers. Constant flow. Constant reminders of their sin. And by the way, when the Jews went home after offering their sacrifice, they didn't go, oh, I feel better now. They didn't, they didn't walk away from offering sacrifices and, and have a relief of the guilt of their sin. But for the Christian, oh, for the Christian, it's different. Romans 8, allow me to read this from the New Living. Romans 8, 1. For now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, and the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of our weakness, of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in a body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. What a difference we have in the new covenant, folks. We're not just going through the motions, going, practicing the practices and remembering the holy days and offering the sacrifice and going through the motions, being reminded again and again. We now walk in the Spirit. We've been given a new nature. Our slate has been wiped clean. clean. We're clean. Clean before God. It was once said in one of the commentaries I read, somebody said, um, whoever has to take medicine every hour to stay alive can hardly say to be cured, right? They can hardly be said to be cured. If, if you're always saying, oh yeah, I used to have that disease, I'm cured. Every hour you got to take a pill. That's how the Jews lived. That wasn't a cure, okay? But for the Christian, I like the way 
John puts it. I know we're in Hebrews, but I've got to, read, I've got to quote some of these. John, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, said this. If we're living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We're living under a shower. The shower head's on. We're getting the constant cleansing. Let me keep reading. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. I like this. Then he goes on in chapter 2 saying, My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. Let me just stop on that verse. There's more, but wait. Because I like, I like this plan, and I've used it a lot when I'm explaining to people how it works, how God works with us. Plan A, don't sin. Plan B, if you sin, we got Jesus. Jesus pleads for us. So don't ever think, well, Jesus, it's not the other way. Some people just go right to plan B. I sin, he cleansed me. I sin, no, 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 no. Plan A is that, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. Do you know that, that God wants you to be holy? It's not, oh, don't worry about it. Jesus died for that so I could live how I want. No. God's plan is that you and I live a holy life. And my dear children, I'm writing these things to you so that you will not sin. Why do you think God gives us the Bible? So that you will not sin. He wants you to live right. Now, I know we fail and we blow it and so did John. That's why he said, but if anyone does sin... We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous, meaning we're not. <laughs> he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world. I love that plan because my goal, my heart, is to live right before God and to not live in sin. But I don't know if I've told you before, but even as a pastor, there's times I sin. And when I do, I go to him and say, Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me. Help me not to go back there. And that, that shower head is always flowing. We walk in the light as he's in light. We have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus Christ. Cleanses every sin. It's a constant flow. It's not like the Old Testament ways. Now, speaking of that old sacrificial system, then the writer of Hebrews goes on to say in verse 3, but in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. Remember I told you that the uh, Passover was like, uh, it was a day of atonement to, that in case we missed anything, we've been doing sacrifices all year round, but in, just in case we missed anything, we're going to do it for everybody, the sins of the nation. It was a reminder, we got a sin problem. We're in trouble. I like the way... Uh, one paraphrase puts verse 3. Listen to this. But if instead of removing the awareness of sin, when those animal sacrifices were repeated over and over, they actually heightened the awareness of guilt. So, could you imagine? And that, by the way, I think when we go back to what we talked about last week, what's going on in the Mass, a sacrifice over and over again. And I've told you in the Mass of the Catholic Church, there's a crucifix with Jesus on it still. He never gets off that cross. Because the Mass is a constant 
re-crucifying of Jesus Christ. And it's a constant reminder of our sin. Our sin. Our sin. That's not the way God wants it. He wants you to know He died for your sins once and for all. Now we walk in the light and we're cleansed by His blood. And if you do sin, you confess it. There's a constant flow. You don't have to jump through hoops. I'm so glad God made it this way. Man's religions makes things really, really messes things up. But God, He makes it easy. Now, verse 4 says this. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Now that's what we've been talking about. The comparison of what Jesus did and the animal sacrifices. It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats. Now I have to say, and I'll give credit where credit is due. Every now and then I'll read something from a commentary. I go, oh, I'm going to use this. But I'll let you know what I'm about to give you is Warren Worsby. Okay? And it's your next fill-in. I like it. Worsby gives us four reasons why the Old Testament sacrifices were ineffective. And that's what you're going to write down next. And you could talk about this more in your small groups. Number one, they belong to an age of types and shadows and therefore could never change the heart. They could never change the heart. Ineffective. Number two, they were repeated year by year and day by day in morning and evening sacrifices. Thus proving that they could not do away with sin. Sin was still a problem. They couldn't do away with it. And they had to be reminded year, day by day, year by year. They couldn't do away with sin. Number three, the Old Testament rituals dealt only with external things and ceremonial uncleanness. Ceremony. It was, matter of fact, I, I listened to one scholar yesterday while I was doing my cardio. I'm listening to a scholar. I, I, after, I shouldn't have, I, I should have listened to it before I did my study, but I had my study done. I'm listening to this scholar. And he's talking about a lot of the motions they went through in the Old Testament were more like a decontamination process. You want to come into God's presence. You want to come into the courtroom, uh, the courtyard. You want to come uh, and, and, and come to the, um, Synagogue, you need to be decontaminated. It was more like that mentality. And so the Old Testament rituals, a lot of them dealt with external things and ceremonial uncleanness, but it never changed the heart, you see? Okay, number four. The Old Testament sacrifices produced a remembrance of sin, but not a remission of sin. The ineffectiveness, they produced a remembrance of sin, but not a remission of sin. Now I like this final comment. I stole this from Worsby as well, but I had to put it in your, in your fill-ins because it's talking about the Lord's Supper. I meant to talk more about the Lord's Supper last week too because that's a picture of what we're talking about here. It says, in the Lord's Supper, we remember Christ, not our sins. Isn't that good? We're not reminded of our sin over and over again. We're reminded of Jesus. He said, do this in remembrance of me. In Luke twenty-two nineteen, 19, he says, do this in remembrance of me. He doesn't say, do this in remembrance of your sin. So I like that. Very good. So now God promises that in Christ, he will remember our sins no more. We don't have to chase our tail. We don't have to repeat the morning and evening sacrifices, the Passover, all these different high holy deeds. We don't have to keep going through all the sacrificial system because, uh, and I like the way it's, it's worded in Hebrews eight twelve. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. 
Have you ever had your sin forgiven by a, a person you love and they forgive you? I don't know, maybe you got stories that come to mind. It's just so good to be forgiven. It's so good to put it behind you. And you know, we've all got the, the longer you live, the more things you have that you regret and you wish you hadn't said, you wish you hadn't done. I mean, I could look back on a lifetime of things that I could pick out and go, oh, I wish I had never did that. I wish I never said that. But God removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. You've heard that before, right? East from the west. And you've heard why? Because if he moved it, removed our sins uh, as far as the north is from the south, you could measure that. <laughs> oh, it's only that far away. But you could go east and keep going east and never, never arrive. You could go west, keep going west, never arrive as far as the east is from the west, meaning you'll never see them again. He'll remember your sins no more. I'm grateful to serve a God who forgives and teaches me what forgiveness is all about and what it really looks like. Now, <clears throat> we're going to move fast because I've only got about a paragraph left in my notes. And we're going to read the next few verses and maybe talk a little bit about it. And believe it or not, we're going to end early today. Huh? I hope you got parties waiting for you or something, okay? So listen, verse 5 then says, Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and all offerings you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifice for sin, you had no pleasure. Now, by the way, he's quoting, the writer of Hebrews is quoting Psalm 40, a prophecy about the Messiah. He says, uh, you have no, had no pleasure. But then I said, behold, I've come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. You go look it up in Psalm 40, verse 6 through 8. It's, it's a quote from David talking about the coming of the Messiah, which I'm sure confused them when they read it back then. I'm sure these verses didn't mean much, but it's interesting in verse 8. Then the writer of Hebrews says, previously saying, and he goes back to the beginning of verse 40 again, uh, verse 4. He begins to read what he just already quoted to you. And he says, previously saying, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Meaning, even if you do it the way God told you to do it, even if you do it according to the law of Moses, it didn't do the job. But verse 9, and then he said, behold, I've come to do your will. You know what? This is actually a picture of God the Son speaking to God the Father about this whole situation. We're getting like a, a, a being a fly on the wall. There's no flies in heaven. But we're a fly on the wall listening to a conversation of God the Son speaking to God the Father. He says, behold, I've come to do your will, O God. He, and then it says, he takes away the first that he may establish the second. What's that mean? The first system. All the Levitical system and all the sacrifices and, and Jesus is speaking to God the Father and he says, look, I've come to do your will. We're going to wipe out the, the, la the old system. We're going to do a new system now. For by that will, verse 10, we've been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. I want you to get this. Because you know what? I told you, with my Catholic upbringing, I had some troubles with some of this because I kept, what was drilled into my head is over and over again, go through the cycles and the circles and, and Jesus had to be re-crucified. And, and that's why usually in most uh, Christian churches, when you see a cross, it's to remind you of what he did, but you don't see Jesus on the cross anymore. He's not there anymore. The cross is empty. The tomb is empty. 
He's risen and it is finished. It's all done for you and I'm so grateful for that. So we're going to talk more about this next Sunday, but let me just for fun, because you know how I've grown attached to the New Living Translation, let me read to you these last five verses once more from the New Living Translation. For it is not possible, verse 4, it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, see he makes it clear, this is a conversation between God the Father and God the Son. When Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you've given me a body to offer. Jesus is saying, you put me in this body and you've, you've made me the sacrifice. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. And then I said, look, I've come to do your will, O God, and as, as it is written about me in the Scriptures. I like this, but I've told you many times, if you have a trouble reading a, a Bible verse and it's not making sense, look it up in a few other translations, and the New Living is one I always like to use because it's, it's lately, the, to me, it's so clear. You almost don't need, I just almost could just come up and read it to you in New Living, don't have to say a word, and then we'll really have short, short studies, right? But he says, then, verse 7, he says, Then I said, Look, I've come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the Scriptures. Verse 8, First, Christ said, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings. So now he's going back to, you know, he's repeating what he just quoted to you. Or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Nor were they, uh, nor were, the, were you pleased with them though they were required by the law of Moses. And then he said, look, I've come to do your will. We're getting to listen in to a conversation that took place between God the Father, God the Son, and it was recorded in Psalms 40 and now is explained in Hebrews 10. He says, look, I've come to do your will, O God. And he cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. Look at this, the last verse and we're done. Look at verse 10. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. I want you to get this. God wants you to get this. God wants me to get it. Because for years in my religious upbringing, I was, I was talking to things and it was all mixed up inside and I didn't appreciate the beauty of what Jesus did on the cross for me. And the, the meaning of we preach Christ crucified. You want to not let that ivy grow up over any of those words. We need to know that it's Jesus and only Jesus. You don't need man's religion. You don't need, well, you got to belong to the true church. The true church is everybody who follows Jesus. Well, we got to have the true prophet. Mm-mm. Hebrews 1, when we started out, said in times past, God spoke to us through the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us through his son. Don't look for a prophet. Don't look for a true church. We've got to get everything right. Yeah, well, you're not going to get everything right. Jesus has everything right. Only Jesus. We look to him, and he did it all. It says, once for all time, we're told that he sacrificed for sins. And now, as First John says, we just walk in the light. We have constant cleansing available to us. If we sin, we confess our sin. Get back up and walk with him. If you've been living in condemnation, know that God loves you and he's got a plan. Now, I'm not saying you have a license to sin. 
I'm not saying, well, if you're stuck in a sin, don't worry about it. Keep sinning. No. My little children, I write to you these things to you that you may not sin. Remember? 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous. So folks, don't get stuck in, in condemnation. Don't, don't get stuck in a cycle of sin. Let it all go and move forward. Move to Jesus. He's everything you need. He's all you need. It's Jesus, nobody else, and nothing else. Father, I bow before you right now, and I lift up my brothers and sisters. And I pray, Lord, if there's anybody here who's been stuck, maybe, maybe with cultic training and upbringing, maybe denominational brainwashing, maybe there's something that's hanging my brothers and sisters up. Lord, help us to see Jesus. Help us to see clearly that it's you, Lord, and only you. Father, help us to let go all the other garbage that we cling to that we think we need this. And they've become almost addictions in our life. We need this. It's religious addictions, but it's addictions, and we don't need it. Lord, thank you that all we need is you. And Father, I pray that if there's anybody stuck in those cycles of false religion or, or religious tradition, that they could realize that all they need is you, Jesus. Let it go right now. Bring it to him. If there's something that's stuck and you need to let go of it, just tell the Lord right now, oh, Lord, I see it. Oh, Lord, I can see so clearly now that I thought I needed Jesus plus this and plus that, but all I need is Jesus. Let it go. And if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, if you've never really understood this principle that he died for your sins once for all time, whether you're here in person or live streaming at home or you listen to it later on the radio, I want you to know right here, right now, if you're driving in your car or listening on the radio, right here, right now, you can get right with God. You just go to him and say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've fallen short. I know the wages of sin is death. But Jesus, I believe you paid that price for me. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me yours. I surrender to you now. I pray in Jesus' name. hope you enjoyed today's program. You can find all of Pastor Mike's messages and any other information you would like about Calvary Chapel Eagle online at cceagle.org. In iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast Calvary Chapel Eagle Sunday morning. If you are new to the area and don't already have a home church, we would love for you to come check us out. We meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle. That is one block north of Highway 44. You can call or text the church phone at 208-891-2635. Once again, you can get any information you need at cceagle.org. There you will also find a link to join our Facebook page. So until next time, remember, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, the power of His name.